You're listening to the Board to Death Bingecast, talking TV shows and movies in easily digestible chunks. Hello again, ladies and gentlemen, and other assorted gender assignations. Welcome to a Bingecast special, if you will. Uh, I am Jay, being joined by... Chris. And we're doing... Uh, this is take two of our record. Uh, we, we recorded a couple minutes of our intro when my microphone uh, got unplugged somehow. You gotta love those technical problems. Imagine if we were doing this on camera and the uh, the focus was going in and out all the time. Yeah, but we're this is an audio podcast, so we don't have to worry about that. Uh, besides, I don't think anybody really wants to see our ugly mugs on on the internet. Well, we could do as Easy Top did and just grow our beards out. Uh, at any rate, um, we're doing what you've been doing with Star Trek Discovery with your solo casts. Yeah, uh, we're gonna be we're gonna be doing a episode by episode. Uh, whenever we can do it. Whenever we can do it for Star Wars: The Mandalorian season two. Yeah. We both love The Mandalorian. That we do. It's literally uh, as much. I mean, I know other sci-fi series have had this title: Western in Space. Firefly being the... Firefly, the original Star Trek. Eh, I don't know. Well, that's the what original you... Star Trek kind of did, but Firefly had much more of the Western aspect to well, it. Well, Gene Roddenberry described it as that. Okay, that's fair. But then, you know, Firefly basically sort of set the standard for space westerns, and now Mandalorian is just sort of like... Mandalorian is the good, the bad, and the ugly of Star Wars. Yes. The Mandalorian's like, like hold, hold my blue milk. <laughs> the, no, the, the Mandalorian is basically Clint Eastwood's character if he was a bounty hunter. I have honestly haven't really watched the movies a whole yeah, lot. Yeah, the Man With No Name trilogy, that's that's one we should put on the, on the bench cast list. Um, but, so, you know, of course, everybody loves the Mandalorian apart from people who aren't Star Wars fans, but even they, I think... Cannot cannot deny the cuteness that is Baby Yoda. This is true. Um, who must be protected at all costs, <laughs> especially from uh, comedic stormtroopers. The comedic stormtroopers, uh, the the Griffin Simmons of uh, the Star <laughs> Wars universe. Everybody has made the red versus blue comparisons to that scene from the last episode of season one. At this point, I'm waiting for them to get the red versus blue team to come in and like do the oh, voiceovers for stormtroopers. The Rooster Teeth crew would be 100% down for that. I guarantee it. Hey, if it means their names are in that blue in those blue credits then yes. Um but so when this season 1 ended, we know the Mandalorian's name, Din Djarin. Mhm. We saw his face, however briefly. Uh and he's now been basically made a clan of two with Baby Yoda by the armorer. And he has his own little uh, the emblem now. Yeah, you can, we have we have it up on our screen right here. You can see it right there on his. Uh, it's on the mudhorn. The mudhorn. Yep, that's that's his sigil. That's what they called it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's been basically tasked with finding Baby Yoda's people, so that uh, he can be with his own kind. Can I just go ahead and say this right now? Uh, I'm looking like I think one of the things that I'm more excited to see in this season. I, granny, yes, I know Boba Fett. Yes, is Ahsoka. Yes, everybody is really waiting like, to see I, Ahsoka. I, I want to see we, how everybody they... wants to see how they're going to handle live action Ahsoka. Yes, because uh, if that's the case, then I'm just going to be like, depending on what happens to her character, I'm probably going to be going give her her own spin off. Yes, <laughs> um, show us what happened after Rebels. <laughs> <coughs> yes, <laughs> um, but. 
You said Boba Fett, you know, but when we did our Clone Wars rap cast, you actually had a different theory about who Spurs was. Oh, yeah. Uh, Cad Bane. Yes. Now, if that's who Spurs ends up being, I, I'm that's sorry. cool. Me, personally, I think it's I think it's like, going to be Boba. I'm sorry, but because of the way they, they made Cad Bane look, in terms of his outfit, I could see him wearing Spurs. Yeah. He had the he had the gunslinger chic down perfect. And for those and for anybody saying, oh well, why would somebody in Star Wars be wearing Spurs? I don't know. Why did somebody in Star Trek season three, episode two, wear Spurs? Well, and why would somebody wear Spurs? Because they're in the outer rim on a desert planet. Sometimes you got to get the bonta to you know, you know, giddy up. <laughs> Sometimes you got to give people that warning that you're coming into town. They can hear you from a mile clink, away. Clink. You know, intimidation plays a key role in, you know, bounty hunting. It also helps to have your own theme music. Yes. Um, but we also know that the there are... Well, while the Bounty Hunters Guild is no longer specifically hunting, hunting down uh, Mando... I'm going to probably keep calling him Mando, even though we know his name. We, we, what are, what's everybody going to know him by? His real name or Mando? All, all the other characters are going to know him by Mando, except for Grief and Kara, yeah. because they, they were both there when it was revealed. But then again, they might just call him Mando, because that's what they've called him for years. Or at least years, maybe, in Grief's case, but, you know, Kara has only ever known him as Mando. Yeah, so... Um, but, you know, so the Bounty Hunters Guild, there's no bounty on them anymore, but... We know that the Imperial Remnant is still looking for them. Uh, Moff Gideon, especially. Yes, with that uh, special sword that he has. The Darksaber, yes. Which is one of those things that people who watched uh, Clone Wars and Rebels, as soon as that thing came out of there and they saw saw we were all like, Whoa, wait, what? <laughs> again, once again, aren't you glad I convinced yes. you to watch those yes. two? <laughs> Otherwise, am, otherwise, you would have watched that going, been, what's that? <laughs> no, I'm, it's obvious what it was, but I'd be like, it's dark. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so... I, saw, I saw plenty of, I've watched a few reaction vids of people reacting to it. It's like, no! <laughs> you know, seeing them all reacting, it's just like, oh my god, he's got the dark saber. Now, the real question is, how did he get it? Because I think the last time I saw it in someone's hands, it was... Bo-Katan. It was Bo-Katan? Okay, because... Sabine had it briefly in Rebels, but then she gave it to Bo-Katan because she was essentially the leader of the Mandalorian. Yeah. Uh, but I remember Maul was wielding it at one point in time, yes. too. So. Um, he, well, he took it when he you know, usurped the Mandalorian regime, essentially. Well, he had it up until Palpatine kicked his ass. <laughs> and we never saw him, saw him use it or have it in, uh, in, the final season, season. in season 7. Yeah, I was kind of glad to see him go back to using his old lightsabers. Um, but, you know, so there's a lot going on there. We know, like we said, we know that, uh, Ahsoka's in this one. Probably Boba Fett, possibly Cad Bane, we don't know. But Boba Fett has basically, I think, been confirmed as being in this season. Uh, I... We don't know the specifics, but... Yeah, like, I read that he's supposed to be in it, but I don't know who is playing him. I feel like the person who should be playing him is the, should be the same guy who played Jango Fett. Yes, because I feel like because he's gonna have the same face. Yeah. Plus, uh, like I, I, if they play, if they have a white actor playing him, it's just not gonna. 
the one way they could possibly get away with casting somebody else if we ever see him without his helmet, which I say no, we should never take his helmet off because Boba Fett. Except for when he was a kid trying to kill Obi Wan. No, no, not Obi Wan. Um, yeah, I'm not counting Clone Wars. I'm talking in live action. Oh. he is only every, you know he is iconic. He is who everybody pictures when uh, you know Star Wars fans when Mandalorians are mentioned. Yeah. Bef- prior to prior to this series, somebody mentions Mandalorian, Boba Fett is who you picture. And <laughs> you know so. It, but if they ever sh- if they do show him without his without his helmet, they could get away with it by ha- explaining that after he crawled out of the sarlacc uh, gullet, he was like all scarred and everything. He had got some like surgery all, or something. all of his equipment was damaged. He couldn't he couldn't uh, recover it or something yeah. like that. Couldn't recover it, and you know if again if they show his face and it does and it's not the guy that was Django, again you could just explain that you know that his. Face got all scarred up, and he got some like underground surgeon to, you know, put his face back together. He, he got the guy that jo- Jack Nicholson's Joker tried to get. Yeah. <laughs> right. Mirror, mirror. <laughs> I mean, that's you know how all they, the. I mean, but having something like that explain you know facial differences is how they handle Luke, uh, handled Mark Hamill in Empire, having him get clawed in the face by the by the uh, the Wampa. Wampa is how they explain uh, differences in his face after he had a car accident between episodes 4 and 5. But if I remember correctly, I think between episodes 4 and 5, uh, they filmed the ho- the holiday special. And well, Mark Hamill said about that. We don't and, need to dwell on And it. Mark Hamill looked like a Ken doll in that damn thing. Well, regardless, uh, we're... Let, let's just let's let's stop beating around the bush. Let's get down to it because we're both really looking forward to this. So uh, that's it for now, and we'll see you after the binge. Thank you for listening to the Bored to Death Binge Cast. Be sure to like, follow, comment, and subscribe, and check us out on social media on Facebook and Twitter at BTD underscore BingeCast. You can also reach us via email at binge.cast at outlook.com. We are proud to be a part of the CKCC radio family of podcasts available through your podcast streaming service of choice. Be sure to check out the rest of the CKCC radio family, real paranormal talk, motivational moves, the stupid, sexy podcast, talking tracks, club kayfabe, wrestle talk, J bunnies, music hub, the race nerd podcast and CKCC radio's flagship show, the nerd table. And now the binge is done. So let's get to the discussion. And we're back. This was definitely the way. This was definitely the way. Uh, it was a great episode to open up the season with. Oh my god, yes! <laughs> it was. They went back to space western. I, I don't smoke, but I need a cigarette break. After <laughs> yeah, this damn right. This is this is this is this is gonna have to be an after sex cigarette. It was that good. <laughs> so we open with the scene from the the. From the trailer of him going to like the fi- to like the Fight Club, yeah, talking with the one-eyed alien who was played, played by, by John, John Leguizamo, aka Luigi. I'm sorry, Luigi Mario, aka um, what's his name from John Wick? Yeah, he, uh, he, who, who owned the garage? Yeah, the one who was like, you need to take this car back. Yeah, <laughs> and punched and punched uh, Vigo's son, who deserved it. But oh, yeah. anyway, um, and basically, what happened was. Exactly what we saw in the tra- in the trailer. You know, he... Although the circumstances were a little bit different. Yeah. We don't have to do a full recap of what happened in the episode, because 
Uh, because spoilers, <coughs> go go sit, go watch the the, the freaking episode. Uh, but we can touch on a few things. Uh, but long story short, he has a he ends up having to fight all of Leguizamo's goons, and then you know because he's looking for Mandalorians because he basically needs to travel from. Uh, Layer to layer, you know, covert to covert, rather. Yeah. While he's trying to track down uh, other Baby Mandalorians. Yoda. Well, other Mandalorians, but also to try to get them to help him find Baby Yoda's people. Exactly. Because um, other than Yoda, there have been no other encounters with this particular species. Yeah. Um, like I feel like I think there was a female of his species that was in something that was I don't know if it was in. I, I think it was in Legends, so it's non-canon. Now. It's one. Of, it's in one of the old Star Wars novels. Yeah, probably. <clears throat> but regardless, we don't know anything about the species. The species has never been given a name for crying out loud. Uh, watch, they're gonna have to come up with something. Yeah. Um, you know the f- the fans will probably just call them Yodelings or something. <laughs> and you know what? Until we get a proper name, that's just what we're gonna call call them yodelings <laughs> oh god does this mean that if they start calling them yodelings do we have to like uh say say we came over there first <laughs> yes yes absolutely i am gonna tweet that out so so i can lay claim to that before somebody else does or so i can pretend that i lay claim to it at least but so gore koresh was uh like was character basically Finally tells him, it's like, I've heard of a Mandalorian on Tatooine and in a place called, in, in a town called Mos Pelgo. Yeah, and I, I think we can all figure or out Mos who... Mos Pelgo, whatever. I think we can all figure out who this Mandalorian is. Mm-hmm. But the funny thing is that uh, I was speaking with uh, somebody, it was another Star Wars fan, and they said that, J- well, yeah, Django and Bubba both wear Mandalorian armor. They're not actually... They're not actually Mandalorians. They're considered outlaws. Because they're wearing Mandalorian armor without having the right to wear them. Probably. Exactly. Um, but um, so he goes off to Tatooine, and mm-hmm. we get to meet the kooky mechanic lady from uh, what was that episode five of? Uh, yeah, it was uh, five or six. It was the episode where he escaped to Tatooine. And it was the one where it opened up with uh, another bounty hunter saying, I can bring you in cold or warm. Warm or I can bring you in cold. That's my line. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so he finally gets pointed in the right direction of Mos Pelgo, which was a town that more or less disappeared off the maps after the Empire fell. Uh, and we find out why <clears throat> later in the episode. But um, it's like a mining town... And when he arrives in town, finds out that the Mandalorian, you can't see me doing the air quotes <laughs> in an audio podcast, but I'm doing air quotes, that the Mandalorian is the town's marshal, who's wearing Boba Fett's armor. But that ain't Boba Fett. No, no, and you can tell it ain't Boba Fett, too. Just because just the of... moment he shows up in the shows up in the door, you're like, that ain't Boba. No. <laughs> Not unless Boba got, Boba got real scrawny. <laughs> Really scrawny, really quick. It's like, man, you starved in that Sarlacc. Just, fit, this you? was like the justified crossover. Yeah, <laughs> because it was because it was Timothy Oliphant. <laughs> yeah, and I, I didn't recognize him because I've never seen him with hair before. Because I think the only thing I've really seen him in that I can remember is the second Hitman film. He was in the first Hitman film. Oh, he was in the first one. Yes. Okay, 
second uh, Hitman film had somebody else playing 47. Okay. Um, but, and if I'm honest, Timothy Oliphant, what, the only things that I had seen, because I haven't actually seen Justified. I keep hearing it's a really good, really good series. It's one of those things that, I, that I'll probably check out at some point. But the only things I'd seen him in were Die Hard 4 and uh, Hitman. And I was just like, and then when I started hearing people singing his praises, you know, and stuff, I'm like, why? Because I honestly did not see much to his acting ability in the in those movies. Granted, Die Hard Four, not a great, not a great movie. No, but he could probably be one of like the bright spots of the film. Maybe, but not, it was that's really kind of stretching it in my opinion. But then, uh, and then. In Hitman, he's playing a near emotionless assassin. Um, so, you know, like I said, may, I probably just wasn't seeing him in his best roles. But this is, you know, once I found out that was him, because I was looking at him, I was like, I've seen you somewhere before. It wasn't until his name came up during the credits, I was like, oh, okay. Um, now I know you. Now I know who you are. Uh, I mean, um, now if I'm honest, now I understand understand why people you know like him you know again maybe if i'd seen justified i would have been way more excited to see see him or something well plus he's probably been a lot of other things too probably um and mando basically wants him to just give up the armor because it's like you don't have the right to wear it well he didn't he didn't really do anything to earn it other than freeing this town well actually it wasn't even that because he, this came up in the in the backstory, where basically after the empire fell, the mining collective moved in, and enslaved the town. He managed to escape, grab like a, grab one of those uh, little like ice cream tank things. It's that thing that you see uh, that, the best, that he was carrying the best car in. Well, uh, well, no, I was actually gonna also say in uh, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, that you see somebody randomly carrying, and then. Many, many years later, they finally show what the damn things are used for. They're basically like treasure chests. <laughs> Essentially, that you, yeah. That you, well, or like the briefcases that you would put the money in. They're Halliburton. They're future Halliburton yes. cases. Um, and, he, but, and he ran off into the desert where he eventually was found by the Jawas. And when they opened up the, opened up the future Halliburton, they found a whole bunch of like uh, Brox rocks or something. <laughs> I, I was I jokingly called them dilithium crystals. That like, man, <laughs> they were glowing. Man, Paramount's gonna sue somebody. <laughs> <laughs> or um, CBS. I don't know who owns the rights of Star Trek. Um, it's still Paramount, I think. But CBS may be part of Paramount. I don't know. Anyway, that's another discussion. That's another discussion for later. Uh, and you know, so they're giving him water. They're like, they're like, what do you want for the rest of this? You know, and he's and he just looks over and sees. Mandalorian armor, because everyone's heard the stories about how great a warrior Beskar armor is. Uh, we don't know if uh, Boba's armor was proper Beskar or not. I mean, he, I mean, he it does get shot while he's wearing it, and it just goes ping. Yeah, but regardless, uh, <clears throat> he, you know, basically points to that armor. He goes back into town, and the mining collective thugs take one look at him, and they're like, "Oh shit." <laughs> And then they try to they, shoot at him. He goes first-person shooter mode on everybody, kills everybody in the room in the bar, 
They try to get away, and, and he just shoots a rocket at them. Yeah, he just shoots the damn rocket at them, blows that up, and I thought they were gonna be it was gonna be like that yeah, scene because from John Iron, from Iron Man. Yeah. yeah, from the first Iron Man movie, John where, Favreau. Yeah, because he where Iron Man shoots the tank, walks away, and then tank goes boom. I thought it was gonna be like that. Well, but, I guess that's because Cobb Vanth that was his character's name, Cobb Vanth. Cobb Vanth Vanth is not a cool guy, because cool guys don't look at explosions. <laughs> And, uh, they just turn and walk away. Yep. Um, but the reason, but he and Mando basically make a deal. It's like you help me with the problem that we're that we're having, and I'll give you the armor. And the problem that they're having is they got Wormside. <laughs> I was literally as we were watching this because the town, like the ground, starts shaking and everybody <clears throat> in town like immediately gets off. And gets I off started, the same. I, I started making tremors jokes. And I'm joking. It's like we've got worm sign, and then suddenly we you actually see like something under the sand pushing a bow wave in front of it. And I was like, "Holy shit, we do actually have worm sign!" And thing goes through the town, doesn't attack anything except for a bontha tied up on the other side of town, or is, it's sitting there just is, trying to drink his water, minding and, its and, own business, and, and then I'm just off. <laughs> and to be honest with you, like, yeah, you. You know, depending on what you have seen in your life, you know, you're probably thinking Dune, Tremors, or Beetlejuice. Yeah, Beetlejuice. I didn't even think of that. I went to Dune, probably because I just read the book again recently, um, and I'm hyped for the for the remake uh, coming out next year. The other, the newest remake. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and it so, but it was a, but it was so they go to try to hunt it. And then they come across some Tuscan Raiders. Well, first they come across their dogs, and Mando <laughs> recognizes them, starts speaking Tuscan. The dogs back down, and one of the, he walks L- over to one of them. dog things, yeah. He walks over to one of them and just starts scratching his head. It starts waggling its little, like, lizard tail thing. A little stumpy lizard tail. And he's sitting there scratching underneath its bent jaw and everything. I'm and like, we're literally like, who's a good, good boy? boy. <laughs> <laughs> who's a good boy? And, you know, then Tuscan Raiders come on out, and... Mando is talking to them in Tuscan, with with the hand signs and everything. Which, well, it's funny because in season one, when you see him speaking with the Tuscan Raiders, unless this was a deaf Tuscan, um, he was he was strictly using basically Tuscan Raider sign language to them. Whereas in this, it was a combination of Tuscan Raider talk and sign language. Yeah, Um, Um, it's like I guess maybe only a select few actually speak it. Around outsiders, maybe probably, and and using like signs is a good way to avoid making noise when you're sneaking up on somebody to to raid them, or if you're He's trying to sneak up a giant ass worm. Well, and the worm is you. You go ahead and explain this since you probably read the legends novels. Well, in the legends novels, they were. I don't know if they were ever actually depicted in prose. They were only ever references. Yeah, but it was crate dragons. <clears throat> And I remember in the novelization for uh, episode four, uh, when the the noise that uh, Obi Wan makes when he scares off the sand people from Luke and the droids uh, is a, in the book is described as a crate dragon call, and which goes a long way to explaining why the why the sand people took off running because <laughs> they fear it and they want it dead. Well. Uh, you know, they also try to basically let's try to just let's try to feed it so it doesn't you know doesn't try to kill us, and we see them do this. <laughs> what, did, what did they say that it that it ate the sarlacc? 
which I'm trying to figure out because that makes sense now because the big the big ass cave where the crate dragon sleeps, uh, Cobb makes some comment on it, and it's a big cave, and it's like it's an abandoned Sarlacc cave, and Cobb's just like I've lived on Tatooine my whole life. There's no such thing as an abandoned Sarlacc cave, and Mando just goes there. There is if you eat the sarlacc. Because, <laughs> see, I had taken that to mean that the sand people had, like, eaten it. But now it suddenly, it just now occurs to me, the crate dragon ate it. <laughs> well, because like, I was thinking of Force Unleashed. Yeah. Where uh, one of the planets that you go in, go to has a, has a giant sarlacc. And, you know, it's got the tentacles and everything. And, um... Then there's like the one miss, the one part of the mission where when you go back to the planet, you have to go inside the Sarlacc. Pit. Yeah, and um, it's all full of acid and shit. And um, if you're not careful, yeah. yeah. Um, there's I was reading because you know when you read when you unlock like the uh, the information crystals, the and little stuff. lore. Yeah. Things. So I was reading the one for the Sarlacc so, pit. Yeah. Well, something like this sticks with you. <laughs> the one for the Sarlacc pit reads that. Uh, the one from that particular planet, the Sarlacc pit is pretty much the planet itself. It's like, basically it's grown so big. big it's... that it's practically the planet. Um, hence the reason why, like, it's... First off, like, the uh, the area where its mouth is is so freaking huge. Uh, and uh, why its tentacles are damn near everywhere. Granted, we only saw that one part, but that's just what yeah. I remember the crystal yeah. reading. Now... I remember um, in Return of the Jedi, the one from Tatooine was just that one spot. So I'm honestly wondering, how young was it and how old was it at the same time? Because it wasn't very big. Or is it possible that there's there are multiple Sarlaccs across the planet? Because we only, we've only ever seen, seen a small part of it. Yeah. And that's, you know, and it's just... But what eventually happens as they grow older they eventually compete for space and food and they start killing one another off until you get giant daddy sarlacc taking over uh the whole planet like in force unleashed <clears throat> regardless crate dragon thinks those things are a snack <laughs> which goes a long way to telling you how dangerous this thing is and yeah they they basically the the people of the mining town join forces with the sand people to fight this thing, to fight this thing. And their plan is basically, we're going to plant a bunch of bombs underneath, uh, underneath the sand, lure it on top of it and try to blow it up from underneath. Cause that's where it's, cause that's it's where it's its weak spot. Cause that's where the soft tissue is. <laughs> that's where the soft squishy parts are. And, um, yeah, the deal that the Tuscan Raiders made with the marshal was, we're getting tired of you killing our people. So what we're going to do is you're going to recruit your the, the mining town to help us kill this thing. We get the body and the bits and pieces. You give the Mandalorian armor back to him. And we'll and leave your town alone. As long as your people don't raise a single blaster towards the, us. It's like, you, we will leave you in peace as long as you keep to it. Yes. Yeah, so the, the this, second you shoot at us, it's on. <laughs> Which I honestly thought was going to happen while they were loading those bombs up onto one of the... the uh, Banthas, yeah. Yeah. 
because one of the t- one of the Tuscan Raiders got a little clumsy, dropped one, and one of the miners was like, "Are you stupid? You're trying to kill us all!" Yeah, and they and, just start yelling at each other. Yeah, and the marshal was the one who goes and gets between the two of them and goes, "Hey, it was an accident. Back off." Yeah, you know, hey, he's a reasonable man. That's yeah. that's that's good. I mean, I, 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 he, the funny thing is that he did tell them, "I have grown very attached to this armor, but I have to give it to him." Or he'll peel it off me, basically. <laughs> <laughs> um, but and so they they fight the they fight the crate dragon and it spits acid, which is just a nasty way to go. That was a lot of stomach acid. Yep, and it's like burrowing through you know, through up in till it pops up out the top of the mountain and it, it, it kind of reminds me of the uh the worm creatures from turok dinosaur hunter because i remember the description well, for i the, never played that game well the description for those was that they move through uh earth like we move through air mm. right yeah that's just how they are because at one point in time during the big old battle between the tuscan raiders mando the marshal and the mining people from the town uh, the 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 crate dragon actually manages to burrow up through the cave mount, like the mountain itself, pops up through the top, and then starts throwing up on everyone. And then when Mando and Cobb fly up there with their jetpacks and start shooting it, in the, in, you know, in the face, uh, its eye is right there. Why didn't either one of them think? It's to like shoot? Mando, you are a good shot. How are you not shooting for the eye? Go for the eyes, boo. Go for the eyes. <laughs> But um, they lure it, they try to lure it back down to ground level by, you know, pissing it off and then flying back down. And it's just sort of like, I can flank you too. <laughs> and it does. It goes back down through the mountain and comes up behind them. <laughs> and starts charging towards them. And then at that point, Mando looks at the one, uh, the, the one Bantha that still has all the bombs on it. And he gets the idea... Or the idea that Drax had in Guardians of the Galaxy. Its skin too. is impenetrable. We must defeat it from the inside. So, or kind of like Tony did in, uh, like Tony Stark did in Avengers, when he flew down the flew down the mouth of one of those things and basically, you know, shot it up from the inside. He's like, he's like, he's like you know, the story of uh, Noah jo- the wh- Jonah no, and the whale, right? Yes, but I wouldn't call him a. Uh, Influence? Uh, would, would it? Yeah, I, yeah, it was, yeah. You, we, we, we know well, why we don't remember. Well, the, exactly. well, what it reminded me more of was the scene in uh, the first Ron, Hellboy, the first Hellboy movie. <laughs> oh my God, it's a much better example, actually. Where uh, he gets inside the Cthulhu monster, blows it up from the inside, comes out and goes, "That's gonna." Be I'm gonna, so, I'm gonna, gonna be sore down. in the morning. <laughs> but you know, Mando doesn't actually stay inside the thing while the bombs go off. He uses his little taser rifle, just goes, and it's just like ah, spits him out. And, 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 and like, then everything and then he, inside is electrified at that point. He takes the detonator, and just goes, boop, and blows it up from the just inside. Goes, boop, and kaboom. <laughs> Yeah, I think they took. A, and he took a chunk of the meat to feed, to so he could use that to feed Baby Yoda for the rest of the. Year. I think he just looked at the the Raiders and said, "Can I take this piece right here?" I'm like, and yeah, they're like, sure. They're like, I think we got enough. You're cool. <laughs> um, plus, I think they also have a bit of respect for Mando because you know he's able to communicate with them properly. He treats them. He treats them with respect. He he speaks their language, and you know he can communicate in sign as well. Um, he respects their their territory and their claim to their territory and knows how to work with them 
Um, but no, like, what was it where he like tapped on the marshal's back, his the jetpack, and he yeah. shoots off. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it all right for for visual context. If you've seen Return of the Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> when Boba goes flying and crashes into Jabba's little floating ki- uh, sail barge, the yeah. sail barge, it looks exactly like that, but without him actually hitting anything. Yeah. So uh, they they snuck in so many little little oh, things for for fans. Can I, to... can I can I can I just go ahead and say what the marshal was driving? Yes. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> so Mando borrows like a rusty old speeder bike. Which, from... which. Okay. First off, when he's like slowly driving into town, it's making motorbike noises. <laughs> but when he and the marshal go riding out to go f- to go find the, the find the crate dragon, go ahead. The marshal. <laughs> oh God! How do I best describe this? You were you. You were like outraged when you saw it. I wasn't it. outraged. I just thought it was funny. You were just like, oh they, my God. That they threw this in there. And I love the fact that they have all these references yes. to Star Wars lore in this show so far. So, the, 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 the thing God that. God bless him for it. <laughs> yes. So, one of the things that. The thing that he is driving, the Marshal is driving, is one of the engines. For Anakin Skywalker's pod racer, yeah. it's got a motorbike seat on the He's side got like of a it. sidecar, and, and uh, to be honest with you, it does look pretty cool. But when it I saw does. that, when you I were saw, like, oh my god, I was like, oh my god, you're like, what? I was like. That's Anakin Skywalker's pod racer part, right? There. I was like, well, I was like, he's riding a freaking pod racer, and you're like, that's Anakin's pod racer. Yes. I was like. Oh my God! You're right. <laughs> like, I had to do a I had to go do a Google search on Anakin's pod racer and show it to him. Yeah, and, you, and then he was like, "Oh my God!" <laughs> yeah. um, but then, you know, so but at the end of the episode, you know, the miners are there, sort of watching the sand people cutting up the cutting up the carcass. You know, Mando's wrapping his chunk of meat, which is. Bigger than Baby Yoda <laughs> in cloth. So no, no. The best part is that Baby Yoda's looking at, look at him just sort of like yum. <laughs> <laughs> and Cobb hands over the armor and is just sort of like take good care of it. It's been good to me or something, something along those lines. It's been good to me for a long time now. Uh, and so Mando starts driving off in, in into the, the sun, uh, into, into the, the, the into twin, twin sunset, <laughs> and then we see a man, a bald guy with. You know, some like robes, like people wear in the desert. I don't a couple know. of guns strapped across his back. I don't know. He looked real familiar, but I couldn't place his burnt up face. <laughs> oh, not scarred, really burnt, it scarred, scarred face. Yeah. But when he turns around, it was. Do we really want to say it? Yes, let's go ahead and say it. You know, we've you know spoilers at this point. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. So if you, you have don't... not seen the episode yet, turn it off right now and then come back. Yes, uh, but. So, so go ahead. It was Boba Fett. It was Boba Fett. It was Django Fett's actor too. <laughs> yes. Well, not only Django Fett's actor, the same guy who voiced every single clone. Also, did he do the voice for a clone for the Clone Wars? I could have sworn it was somebody yes. else who did the voice. No, for the Clone he can't. Wars. No, he, they got him back to come and voice all of the clones. Okay, so that's even more badass. You know that he was able to do that. Voice actor. I had to go on to because we, we commented on this in the in the Clone Wars rap cast that he managed to give them all little individual like quirks in their way of speaking and 
and stuff. Yeah, including different accents. Well, and... no, the accent was usually the same, but it was different ways of speaking. Yeah. Some of them maybe had a little bit of a higher voice, some of them maybe had a little bit of a deeper voice or whatever. More calm than More others. calm. This guy's a little bit more crazy, so he's like, ah! He's well, no, well, I was thinking like the giant hulking man of the... Uh... Of the Bad Batch, yeah. Yes. That, and then, and, Well, then... and Specs was also... Well, he was the different... nerdy one. I think he just kind of just like, how would I voice Donatello? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm never going to be able to look at the Bad Batch now without thinking of like... The Ninja, Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yes, the God Rambo one is Raphael. Um, eh, I would actually go with Leonardo more for him. Yeah, not that big hulking guy is more like Raphael. <laughs> yes, especially especially the uh, the newer versions. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, what are the things that were in it that we noticed? Because um, I know there was a lot. Of yeah, stuff. there was a lot. Um, well, there was the Gamorians, the the pig, the the like orc pigs. Yeah, the, in, the, the, in, the, in the Fight Club, the green pig dudes from Return of the Jedi that were uh, Jabba's guards. Are they native to Tatooine? No, they're not. Okay, but they tend to work for huts a lot. I think whatever's left of the huts at this point. I'm sure the huts are still out there. The cri- their crime syndicate's probably been dismantled. They're for, they're trying to regroup and then uh, try to, uh, especially with. Uh, Crimson Dawn and all of them being gone because of uh, members being killed off. Well, and as was said in the episode, you know, it's like there was a vacuum and, you know, something moved in to fill it. Yeah, but we... It was was Cobb referring to the Empire after the Empire was, you know, pulled out. The Mining Collective just moved moved in and basically was worse than the Empire. Until Cobb chased them off, I guess. Um, but it's the same thing is going to be true in, in the criminal underworld as well. It's just sort of like, if you remove a major authority figure in, in the mob, then that leaves a power vacuum and people are, and people are going to move to fill it. What was was it that Kingpin said in the Spider-Man game when he got arrested? He goes, I'll give you one month before you wish that I was back. Yep. Um, and it's one of those things that even like real real life law enforcement uh, agencies and have to deal with as well. It's just sort of like we want to take these guys down, but who's going to replace them? Exactly. That's why they have to. That's why they're usually cautious about trying to make a move on major figures like that because they may they they may be criminal scum, but they are usually keeping worse things in check. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> which is something you know we're kind of seeing in Mandalorian because this is post uh, Return of the Jedi. The Empire's gone, and you know without Vader and uh, the, Empire. the Emperor and the Emperor, you know, sort of, and some of the the major uh, Imperial leaders around, you've got people like Moff Gideon rising to power. Yeah, Moff I... Gideon, you know, is bad. News. He really is, especially if he has that damn saber. The dark uh, now, sa- now, let me ask you something though. Do you think Boba is going to get his armor back? He was watching Mando driving off with it. He's probably tracking him, most likely, and he probably has a tracker in his armor too. I wouldn't be surprised, but you know, he's so, you know, I. It's a question of did the Jawas take the armor off him after he crawled out of the Sarlacc pit? And it was just a matter of Cobb got to it first. That could be it, because I know the 
I know the Jawas always go for tech, anything technology. Well, we saw that in episode two of season one. They stripped his goddamn ship apart, and they probably would have done would have done the same for all of his armor and weapons. They if, wanted the armor too, yeah. and his weapons. And he was just right, and he was just like, no, <laughs> weapons are my religion, <laughs> or weapons are part of my religion. I think is what it was. But regardless, it was. Uh, a very good episode. Oh my we, god! We, we were very much enjoying it. It was, it's just, and it's a sl- it's a slow start. You know, as I commented during the episode, it was small stakes. Do Do you remember what I was saying earlier though? When uh, he had John Leguizamo's character hanging from the nightlight, <laughs> and he says, "Don't worry, I'm not going to kill you." Oh, it's like, do you remember you know, what I said? No, it's uh, Leguizamo. You know, Gore Koresh had basically, you know, asked him to. Asked him to spare him in exchange for the information, and Mando said, "I promise you will not die by my hand." <laughs> and then I said, but "That's like yeah. so." The way the episode essentially begins after the recap of the previous season uh, is Mando and Baby Yoda are essentially walking through uh, slums, the slums of this one planet, of this we one city, I, town, whatever. It was never specified where it was, but I got a real Corellian vibe. Could have been Corellia. Because, you know, after Solo, you know, yeah. co- that sort of gave us our first look at Corellia in uh, the new Star Wars canon. Um, but, but regardless, we never got any indication of where it was. But as they're walking through and they're staying in the vicinity of these lamp posts, because at night and it's the only light that they got, they're walking through and there are these eyes these glowing red, red eyes. eyes and you were like are those jawas, are those jawas? like no, jawas gone like, crazy jawas or something everywhere you know, but um but then you see you, we see glimpses of like shapes and you were like, i was like nope those are not jawas and now fast I, was, I compared them almost to the krill from gears of war only crawling on the ground rather than flying through the air um or those creatures from pitch black pitch black yes um, <clears throat> now Fast forward to him with Leguizamo's character hanging from the lamppost. Mando starts walking away after getting all the information they need. Turns around, shoots the light. And now I called this. I was just like, he's, he's going to die by those creatures. That's he's, how he's going to do it. Because he says, I'm not going to be the one who kills you. He said, he said, I promise you will not die by, by my, my hands. hands. As soon as he said that, I'm like, He's going to die. But Mando is not going to be the one that, that kills him. I and I like, knew what was going to do it, too. It was those creatures. He turns around, shoots the light, light goes out. The, and you see them immediately start closing in. Yes. So I was, I like, was well, like, well, he well he did keep his promise. Yep. Uh, he's ruthless, our Mando. <laughs> you got to be in these parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like these small-scale stories that they're doing with, with the Mandalorian. Season one was all small scale. Mm-hmm. Only started getting large scale towards towards the end of the season with the last two episodes when Moff Gideon and his and his and his remnant forces moved into town. But even then, it was still small scale, and it's because everything else in Star Wars has been all large scale. It's the fate of the galaxy at stake. Maybe not in Solo. Because, well, but even then... That was, was more of Solo basically trying to get his girlfriend back because... She, and he was also looking for that big score. Yes, that's all that that was. He wasn't interested in saving the galaxy. He's a scoundrel. Mm-hmm. That's all he is, is he is a scoundrel. 
<clears throat> he only he he has a goal in mind and he goes for it. Yep. Uh, and so having stuff smaller scale, I like that because it gives us a lot more of a sense of what the galaxy is like to live in. Everything else has all been like these war movies, essentially. It, you know, and well, Star Wars. Yes, but because of that, we don't get a sense of what it's like for the people on the ground. No, the people living in the galaxy, and that's what I—that's one of the things I love about the Mandalorian is that it gives us this smaller, these smaller scale stories. So I'm all for for them continuing that. Obviously, it's going to get larger scale as it goes on because Moff Gideon is still out there and, somewhere, and we know that he's going to run into more stormtroopers and and more remnant forces because we saw that in the trailer. <laughs> so. Um... Since Boba didn't have the spurs, do you think that my prediction is going to be the true? Be true is that, that Cad Bane. That's Cad Bane. That would be awesome. Um, I'm, but I'm real curious if it was just they did the spurs. If it maybe that character was supposed to be supposed to be Boba. I imagine when Mando and Boba sit down to have a little palaver, because you know it's going to happen at some point, and it's going to be probably in Boba's. Camp somewhere. No, uh, it's probably going to if be. If we see the, like the helmet that the chick, the the bounty from the Tatooine episode in the season in season one, if we see that helmet, sitting in there, or if he turns up wearing that helmet or something, then we'll know Spurs was Boba. Okay, and then he probably got rid of the Spurs. <laughs> Maybe so. Uh, it could be that he was he rode in on a Bantha or something to you know inspect the body. And that's why he had the spurs, and maybe here he, he was just closer to his camp or whatever, and thus he didn't have the spurs on. Always a possibility. But, you know, I was one of those, you know, I, I don't remember if it was, uh, but part of me doesn't really want to see ever see Boba's face, but the second uh, Cobb turned up wearing Boba's armor, I was just like, okay, so I guess this is how we're doing it. <laughs> But, you know, it's cool that, you know, Boba... I'm surprised that they went with Boba so soon. But as soon as they mentioned Tatooine, I was like, all right, I guess we're doing this. And Mandalorian on Tatooine. Yep. Um, but, yeah, so definitely big thumbs up from Jay for <laughs> episode one of season two. Definite big thumbs up from me. If, this, uh, is, this is a If you are a Star Wars fan, go check out The Mandalorian. Get Disney Plus so you can check out The Mandalorian. And while you're at it, watch Clone Wars and, and Rebels. <laughs> Those are all must-watch mm -hmm. series, especially... I love all the little fan service that they're throwing in. Oh my god, yes. But the problem is that you can't just jump into Mandalorian. I would highly recommend starting with Clone Wars. And then Watch Rebels. all of that. Watch all of that. Mm -hmm. Go into Rebels. Watch all of that. You don't need to watch any of the movies. Just and then after that, it goes straight to Mandalorian afterwards. Rebels would probably be a good good bet as well. But no, I said you, watch Rebels. Okay, yeah, but yeah, watch Clone Wars, watch Rebels, then watch Mandalorian. Uh, and one of the other things that I that I like with these bits of fan service that they throw in there, it's not something. It's like it's not going to be something where if you look at it, it's like. Why is that? What? Why is that significant? It's like it, it doesn't matter if you don't know what these things are. In context, you can figure out. Oh, that's just that's his that's his speeder bike, you know. 
but fans are just like, oh my god, it's Anakin's pod racer. You know, it's like you don't have to know what a crate, recognize what a crate dragon is from some like one of the old legends novels because it was never shown before exactly. or described before. But it it was well maybe it was definitely seen as like an apex predator sort of thing, and you know you don't call something dragon with for no reason. <laughs> Well, this thing definitely spewed something up. Well, I mean, there are some dragons in D&D that spit acid rather than breathe fire. Or ice or whatever. Yeah. But um, that's but I like that it's like they deliberately, deliberately have written The Mandalorian in such a way that even non-Star Wars fans can enjoy it because they give you enough context if in the scenes, in the dialogue, that you can piece together what you need to know. I've I said that before about uh, Mandalorian season one, especially the first episode. The first episode is a fantastic case of, of of show don't tell. They didn't have to give us a bunch of exposition about what what all this stuff is. They showed it to you and let you put it together for yourself. I but, was I was checking to see if we're another any more like celebrity cameos or whatever. <laughs> I was just like, all right, who's the celebrity cameo of the episode today? Timothy Oliphant. John Leguizamo, Timothy Oliphant. Oh, God. It's like they're pretty much sending emails out to celebrities saying, you want a Star Wars cameo? Kevin Smith got one in Return in uh, Force Awakens. Yeah. Well, he was he all he did was he just provided his voice for a stormtrooper. Well, uh, and then there was Simon Pegg. Yeah, Simon Pegg. He had he was the uh, the dude who basically owned Ray. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, I've, God, if I, if I hadn't been told that was Simon Pegg, I would never have guessed because a you know he was you know the, it was a combination of practical and CGI practical and CGI and then the voice it was completely unlike his voice so it's like I wouldn't have known but anyway yeah I'm sure there are plenty of actors out there who are just sort of like I I'm I want to keep working but I kind of want to leave a leave a gap in my in my schedule so I can squeeze in a cameo well, on Mandalorian well, or something. well remember the, remember the one that. I didn't know it was him and Force Awakens, but Daniel Craig was Daniel a stormtrooper in that. Yeah, he was the one that Ray did the mind trick on. The funny thing is that his stormtrooper number was like something something 007. JB-007. JB-007. <laughs> or, I don't know if that's actually canon. I think that's just what fans have basically said that's that's what his serial number is. Screw but, it. Screw it. It's exactly. canon. It's canon. <laughs> If enough people believe it, then it becomes canon. That's how that's how that's how this works. Yes. And if it turns out nope, that's not how it works, then people throw hissy fits on the internet and be become toxic fans. Yes, and we know. Stop being toxic fans, please. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're cu- we're coming up on. Uh, 50 minutes here so we should wrap <laughs> wrap this up so. well I, so well before we finish up I, uh, let me ask you this what are your predictions for the rest of the season that's a real good question is there anything that you want to see mm, I want to see Boba Fett be badass you know prove that it's like I don't need the armor to be to be more of a Mandalorian warrior than you <laughs> I mean he was using his dad's uh he was using Slave One when his dad was fighting Obi Wan Kenobi, mm-hmm. so there's that. There's also the fact that he attempted to murder uh, Waste Mindu, 
space window. I've had a very <laughs> long day. I've had a very long day and a very long week. Yes. Anyway, getting so. screwed over at work sucks. Yes. Uh. So, but anyways, so uh, I want he, like Boba Fett be badass. So when know. he when he tried killing him, because he killed his, do we still ma- call him his dad? Even yes, though he's a clone, we're gonna call him his dad because he killed Django. Um, and he uh, he was like, oh well, I'm just here to kill him. I'm, I know I'm gonna fit in on this ship because I look like all these other kids. Yeah. So, uh, that's basically what he was doing was he was plotting to kill uh, Mace. Mace Windu. Almost said it again. Mace <laughs> um, Windu. Like I said, it's been a long weekend. It has been a long weekend. For so you, and I feel sorry for it. <laughs> so uh, there was that, and the fact that if I remember correctly from that particular episode, he also caused the entire uh, Star Destroyer that they were on to crash onto a planet, and it continued into the next episode. It was a two-parter. I know. I remember that much. Um, but regardless, so, it was yeah. I mean, we know Boba is badass. Uh, but I want to see him do it again. And, and him, well, let's not forget that he was the only one who told Darth Vader he's no he's no good to be dead. Yeah. He had the balls to say that to Darth Vader. Darth Vader could have looked at him and said, I will choke you like a bitch. <laughs> I will cut your head off. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like Mace Window did to your daddy. <laughs> Oh God! Um, Don't make me pop the movie. <laughs> <laughs> but it, yeah, um, that's some spaceball shit. But if if Sasha Banks is playing Sabine Wren, uh huh, then her, you know, Mando finding her is probably going to be what helps helps him along on his quest. Do you want Freddie Prince Jr. to play a live action version of Kanan? Yes, of Kanan. That would be kind of awesome if they did. As a Force like, Ghost, of course. Force Ghost, of course. Um, that would be kind of cool if he did. Or but here's the thing. How would that work? Because we've only ever seen Force Ghosts like like that appear to Force users. I think it may be because of his romantic connection to to her that he could do that. Plus, remember, remember at the end of the series, they had a son... So, who's to say that his son isn't connected to the Force? Okay, but we don't know if we're going to meet the rest of the crew of the Ghost. Or the surviving members, so... Yeah. We don't know that that's going to happen. They don't need to throw in all of them. They can literally just show Sabine, Sabine. Yeah. and that's it. I'd be perfectly fine with just Sabine. Yeah. And hell, if they want to, they can show a family photo, Freddie Prince Jr., Sasha that, yeah, Banks... I mean, that, 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 that sort of thing? Well, except, no, you're confusing Sabine with the... Twi- with the Twi'lek who owns the go- who was the captain of the ghost yeah it's Sabine is was the was the was the Mandalorian girl oh yeah that's right I, it's, again, it's, yeah, been again a, it's been a while it's, it's been, been a while since I've watched that and plus too many, ga- too the, many goddamn characters that's why you know if Freddie Prinze Jr. were to show up as a force ghost for, for Kanan that would be cool but again it's like how would that work because the only person he could conceivably be appearing to is Baby Yoda. There you go. Yes, that's but, how you would do it. But I, I just don't know how you how you would really make it work. Besides, if you're gonna have a Force Ghost appear to Baby Yoda, just have Yoda appear to Baby Yoda. Oh God, that would be funny as hell. 
That we know cool. that Yo- that Yoda can make a Force ghost. Yes. <laughs> but do we want the original puppet back to glow blue? Yes. <laughs> Don't be a coward. <laughs> Frank, we need you for an episode. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, in case you couldn't tell, you know, we're, we've already been talking for like another five minutes. <laughs> I was trying to wrap it up. We love this. We love this show. We're dying to watch season, uh, the next the rest, episode, the, episode two, but we have to wait a few more days and we'll try to record it as soon as we can, but it's dependent on, on my schedule. schedule, on your schedule. The same thing goes with uh, me doing discovery because I would love to do it on Thursdays when they come out, but I work. And the only times that I can do it is when nobody else is in the house because I get peace and quiet. And yeah. I don't have other roommates, you know. Interfering. Yes. Um, but, yeah, so definite thumbs up. Go check it out if you haven't already. Uh, but, yeah, so for Chris, I'm Jay, and we'll see you after, after episode two, or chapter ten, rather, of uh, Mandalorian. <laughs>